Hello and welcome to Dear Self, a podcast around Asian culture, self-exploration and growing up. Hosted by me, Charlotte Yao, founder of Moyhood, a skincare brand rooted in traditional Chinese medicine. In this podcast, I have the pleasure to be speaking to and spotlighting talented Asian voices of the moment. Today, I'm talking to Isabella McQuaker-Kajiwara, a writer and community organiser for ESEA Sisters, Soka Space and SOAS Detainee Support. In this episode, Isabella explains to us why writing letters is an expression of self-love and self-care, and why there is a different kind of romanticism in writing. She also shares with us her love for Studio Ghibli films and why Spirited Away resonated with how she felt growing up. A little warning before the show, we did record this in the corridor of a photo shoot studio. Really not ideal, so bear with us as you might hear some slight echoing. Hi everybody, my name is Isabella McQuaker Kajiwara. I am a writer, a community organiser, and I'm really passionate just about learning new things and being curious 24-7. And I do uh, some work around immigration, detention, um, activism, and so forth, and prison abolition. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell, as small as that nutshell can get, really. <laughs> I love that. So we'll kick off with our first question, which is, what is your ethnicity? So I think the simplest way to put it is that I am a quarter Japanese and a quarter American and my mom is British. Where did you grow up? See, this is where it gets more complicated. I was born in Kuwait and I lived there for like a couple years and then we moved to Scotland where I was for a few more years and then we moved to Thailand for a couple years, came back to Scotland and then I came back to, well, not came back to, but I came to London about five years ago now. God, you're like a citizen of the world. <laughs> Jet Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It's just, I've just been really, like, really blessed in having lots of different life experiences and my parents taking that, like, seriously and as, like, a necessity for our education just as people. So, yeah. Being in so many different areas of the world, how would you define home? What is home? Um, I mean, it's going to sound cheesy, but I feel like I have home in myself. And that took a long time to cultivate, so I felt kind of homeless (laughs) for a while. I've just always been a bit of an outsider or on the margins wherever I go, because I don't neatly fit into any box. And that was really hard to reconcile with as a child and as a teenager growing up. Uh, I guess in a, in a way, the place that feels most like home is actually my grandparents' home in California. And even though I've only been there probably like, you know, less than 10 trips in my life in total, it's just such a, it's just such a beautiful home, a beautiful place in the world, very grounding. And that's the same house that my dad grew up in as a kid. So there's just so much history there, so much knowledge, so much love. So... I guess that's my one of my homes. Do you have any like fond memories or like key childhood memories of being there? Um, I have quite a few. Yeah, like one of them is when I mean, like every time we would go to California because it would be a big deal if we were coming. We have these like little traditions and rituals set in. So every time we'd come home, my grandma would always order in like a big box of pizza from this like local 
pizza place and, and we'd all just sit around the table and, and have that and it was just a really nice experience very yeah like just it felt almost like for a second oh we're part of this daily life here and that's what I really liked about um, and still like about going home to California is even though we don't go out often you know it's a celebration but it's a celebration that takes on what daily life feels like so it gives you know me my brother and sister a feeling of oh you can pretend and cosplay almost that, that you're here all the time yeah which I like because I think if I came home and it was this big grandiose like celebration and we go out and we do this it still you still feel that separation mm -hmm. so yeah I never reflected on that <laughs> part before but I think that's a really really good thing that my family did I love that and you also mentioned pizza mm -hmm. that is so specific <laughs> yeah is that like is that your comfort food I think it's just like a typical American meal right and it's just easy but I think we have a lot of Mexican food also when we go to California because obviously like their Mexican culture and food is just so much bigger there's places that um, you know my my grandparents and my dad and his brothers have like frequented since they were in high school as well so we always tend to go to the same places and do the same things but it's never boring because it's like I don't know, we get kind of a rush out of doing these things that would seemingly be mundane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. There is something special about that though, because when I go back home, I love doing a food shop with my mum. Yeah, there exactly. is some, I know it's like, food shop, so what? But yeah. there's that excitement about it, mm -hmm. and you're like... Oh. That's the thing, is like, and it's so funny, because me and my brother and sister, our accents are like a bit messed, right? Like, we have a slight American twang, but there's also Britishness there. So when we're going around these grocery stores, we're like, like in awe, right? Running around, taking pictures, like, oh my gosh, look at this, they have so many flavors. And people there are just looking at us like, but aren't you American? <laughs> so yeah, it's quite, it's quite a scene, it's quite funny. Like everyone always piles in the car to go grocery shopping because it's so exciting. But, I think grocery shopping is underrated. It I get is. so excited, even as an adult. Right? So growing up then, I guess like school, what was school like for you? Um, I think it was quite a confusing and frustrating time for me. Uh -huh. I had a very happy and fulfilling life, but I think when it came to reckoning with identity, I really struggled with that because, you know, I think compared to other cultures, sometimes in Asian cultures, especially if there's the language barrier there, it's like, it's very easy to feel like you're not enough of that thing. Whereas like, I think compared to other cultures, it's like, oh, if you have one drop of blood of that ethnicity, that makes you that ethnicity, right? So it's quite a, it's a bit of a um, isolating factor. And the school I went to was like, when I would, I was really adamant from the get-go that like, no, this is my identity, this is my name, and people really didn't like me claiming that, and they would kind of tease me about it. Um, and we had like, for example, um, a lot of my really close friends were like Nigerian and Iranian, which are really strong cultures with like so much going on in terms of like the way you dress, the food you eat, you know all the different mannerisms you have. So we had an international festival every year, once a year. And it was the worst experience ever because we have this, you know, this flag parade. So you'd have to go to the country you're from and walk with that country. So every year there would be this big tension <laughs> in my life and my family's life of like, 
okay, which flag am I walking under this year? And how am I going to dress? And like, like what do like what food do we bring? Because there was different stalls of food and things. So I felt quite um, yeah, really isolated by that and really stressed out. That's because, a really tough decision. Yeah, to make as a kid. Yeah, <laughs> how that's like choosing which parent do you love the most. Yeah, like how do you make that like? Well, yeah, what I ended up doing a lot of times, I would just go under each flag yeah. <laughs> and just kind of like dot about, but it still didn't feel complete, you know, it still didn't feel complete. And there was just, like, yeah, a number of other things growing up that it made it quite hard to really step into my Asian-ness. And I think it wasn't until I moved to London and I got away from, you know, my, my past and people I had known before, is it just gave me an opportunity to really like return to my true self at least part of my true self and I found amazing community I joined a collective called ESEA Sisters which is beautiful 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 and so many talented and inspiring people so blessed now <laughs> amazing I feel like even when you're a kid you're quite resilient like yeah, this is who I am this is like, when you went into schools so it's like do you think having that diverse friendship group that helped you I guess appreciate you a bit. Yeah, I think I think so because I've always been around really outspoken people that are really solid in the sense of who they are. So at times I'd feel like that was inspiration, but at times that would also be suffocating because I'm like, oh, I can't even compare myself to these people. So I think that did help, but I think you know my parents have just always been really like really big on like you know you speak your mind, you own who you are that type of thing. That's so amazing. I've been really lucky um, in my upbringing and in, you know, my, my parents really encouraging that in us. Mm. And I think, you know, even the fact that my whole name is a double barrel name. Mm. Like I have my mum's surname and my dad's surname, which are very different sounding, <laughs> like, you know, McQuaker Kajiwara. So I couldn't, I could never not be who I am fully because I'm constantly walking around with that with me. You know, it was never a choice. Like, I simply couldn't exist if I couldn't accept myself. So, yeah. Those are amazing values to be taught when you're younger as well. Like, that's amazing to have that support from your mom and dad and like that. I love that. What other values do you think your parents taught you or were ingrained in? I think um, one of the things I've definitely... I don't know if I've inherited it as much as my dad has, but my dad's always tried to, like you know instill the sense of like you know hard working nature he's more kind of like quiet and hard working so like more typical japanese-ness whereas like i'm definitely more outspoken but i do work hard like that's always just been a thing of like you you don't it's not in a negative sense of like you never complain but it's just like you know you have perspective and you're you just keep moving forward um yeah it's like i have i've had this mantra for a while now that i've been like telling myself when I was and I've just said just keep falling forward because sometimes it's not a step forward and sometimes you really are just stumbling as long as you keep going forward and you're still working then you're fine so I think that's something I've I've learned from him and yeah I think one thing I've learned from my mom is she she's a drama teacher and she does like therapy as well so she's and she's very she's a Pisces she's very sensitive so she's always taught me to really own my emotions and just like honor my softness. And I, I think when I was younger, I definitely like retaliated against that because I felt that 
just pure strength and just like immunity to any comment would get me through but I've definitely found myself like aligning more with her over time like yeah but uh sometimes the softness is what makes you strong you know so I'd say those values are what I've <laughs> at least tried to embody over time but yeah, yeah. I love that leaning into your softness mm -hmm. that is so nice and it's so true because I guess people warm up to people as they're softer and hard-edged and you know exactly right yeah like there's um because i'm buddhist and there's this phrase in buddhism called um isho funi and it means like oneness of self and of an environment and it's all about you know like what you're putting out is what people reflect if you're a genuinely trusting and open and caring person and sincere that will be reflected back to you and like of course sometimes there will be people that are not fully that but at least you know you've always put that forward and you've always been true to yourself. Yeah. So I think that's what I've tried to do and just protect that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess leading towards our next question, like mm. protecting your softness, like that could be seen as like an act of self-care, mm. right? So it's like for you, when I talk about self-care, um, although Moyhood is a skincare brand, it's not like I don't associate Obviously, I love, don't get me wrong, I love a good pamper. Mm. Um, but self-care can look like many different ways for different people. I would love to know, what are your acts of self-care that makes you feel safe, comforted when things are like a bit rocky? Mm. I think one of the main things for me is writing. Um, from really young, I've always been someone that just like, I'll write stories, I'll write plays, I'll write poems, newspapers, stuff like that. And, you know, um, I mean, like my memento, like, which I guess we'll take, talk about later on, is like, from the very early age, I've learned about the importance of the written word and how it could connect people, right? And how intentional you have to be, because sometimes you have such a limited yeah. space on a page. So um, I've always just found so much groundedness in the written word and on the page like and one of my morning rituals is every morning I get up and I write three pages of just stream of consciousness writing and sometimes I'll write that on the balcony sometimes I'll just write it in my bed if I'm feeling sick sometimes I'll go and I live like by a canal so sometimes I'll try to sit by the water and do that mm. and it just really helps me clear my mind but also as a writer and I think like something that probably other creative people can take away is like you just have to get into a habit of keeping on writing and keeping on creating because you know if you if you stop because you feel like what you're doing is not good then you'll you'll stagnate mm. you know the muscle isn't getting worked anymore so it's important you know sometimes it means that you'll write 90 pages of trash mm. to produce one amazing page but that's the process that's what you need to do totally so uh, yeah that's that's one of the things that I kind of see as my self-care is writing in the morning but also um, I think another thing for me is chanting so I do, it's like a more active form of meditation. Yeah. And I chant a, a mantra that's called Nam Yoho Renge Kyo. Yeah. And that's like a Japanese translation of like an older Sanskrit saying. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it just really helps me uh, clear my mind, ground, and just the vibration and the power of like the voice and the sound over and over just helps to unblock things for me. Yeah. And yeah that's that's when I really like on the page and through my 
voice I come to face with who I really am mm. in a way that I probably couldn't by just like running around and never making time for those things. So those are self-care, but also I love, I've always been a big skincare person, like in terms yeah. of like face masks and stuff love like it. that. So love it. I'll, I'll drop that in there. <laughs> so I say, so yeah. And what is your memento? Tell us like, what did you bring in today? So I brought some, well, a, a collection of envelopes and letters and cards that I used to receive from, and still do, from my grandma and my grandfather who live in California. And I only see them every two years really because it's just expensive to go and they live so far away and we've always been based away from California. So those were so important to me, those letters growing up because they were just, it was consistent. You know, I think so much of love is embodied by consistency and I just knew that those letters would always come around some time of year and they were so personal like the way that my grandma and my grandpa wrote them it was like you could tell that they actually wanted to know what was going on in my life there'd always be something specific um, and they you know have all these cute little stamps on the envelopes and everything it was always a different color handwriting impeccable you know my grandpa was an architect so it's like on the, it, the, the attention to detail is just, you know, insane. So, yeah, I really, I really loved those letters growing up. Like, that's my memento because it just, it, I think it just describes so much of who I am. Um, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And do you think, because you've grown up with, like, these letters that hold um, such meaning and value, do you think that's going to be something that you'd love to pass down? Definitely. Definitely, like... I would love if, I want more people in my family to write letters to each other now, maybe even, but especially like with my own kids and grandkids, I want to make that a continued tradition, especially as everything is so digital, everything is so fast paced. It's just, there's just a different kind of like romanticism in, in writing. Would you say writing is like your love language? Yes. Well, it's my love language because one of my overarching love languages is quality time because so much of my life I've not had that with people that I consider very close to me. So quality time for me sometimes is just receiving a letter because I know the amount of time that goes into picking the card or picking the paper, writing the questions down, you know, adding in little things, then getting it sent, you know. So yeah, it's definitely one of my love languages. I think we were saying earlier, I love written letter and just mm. handwriting. I feel like people's handwriting is so reflective of who that person is. Truly. Right? Yes, yes. And it's like that warm, fuzzy feeling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. And then I think my other question is, growing up, is there a particular program or cartoon that, that holds like a fond memory for you? I think all of the Studio Ghibli films by Hayao Miyazaki yeah. hold just so much for me, but especially Spirited Away. Oh my God, because so good. Like with Jinero and everything, so I, I, felt, I felt her experience so deeply. Yeah. And you know, now I've watched it older and like, and seeing the direct symbolism and all these things. And like, you know, of course I've watched those YouTube like videos which are like, this is the hidden meaning behind Spirited Away. But even as a kid, I just sensed this 
this resonance with my own life because I've always been that person that seemingly I, I felt like I couldn't exist in one world without disappearing in another. Like I couldn't own one category without disowning the other somehow. I always struggled with that. So even the thing of like, you know, her hands disappearing and vanishing as she moves into a new world, that's how I've always felt with my identity in my life. And like, you know, the sadness of her moving to a new country, I've always felt that moving around. And even just like the wonder of, of the world and like just the pure otherworldliness that he creates yeah. um, as like a writer myself and someone that just loves things and loves life. I've loved that movie for so long and watched it so many times. It's just, yeah, it, it hits differently. I so. love that. I mean, it is amazing, but unpacking that, I guess, like, it's always so nice when you connect on it in a deeper level and mm. like, it's you. Yeah, because um, even, like, you know, him being a Japanese, you know, filmmaker, animator, whatever you'd like to call it, you know, I really admired how he stayed true to his vision as well, even as... You know, Studio Ghibli is one of the reasons why anime has gone so worldwide as it has. Yeah. And I, you know, there's all these stories about him never sacrificing his creative vision when, when going to U.S., you know, branching out and everything. So I think that as well, it's just that, that fieriness and that determination and sense of self I resonate with as well. And I think that just, it just flows out of that film. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. flows out of it. You can tell everything is so intentional and just... Yeah, it's a clear message and vision, so, yeah. yeah. That's so, so nice. I love um, when you're like that fieriness. I feel like with a lot of people that I spoke to today, there is that like either that grit or that determination and like mm. that's embedded in quite a few of us. Mm. Um, do you think you get that from either your mum or dad? Or where do you think you get that from? I... I think it's something that everyone has innately inside of them and different things awaken it at different points in their life. Mm -hmm. And if you're lucky enough, it happens early. <laughs> but I think that both of my parents, but they just express it in very different ways. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when you think of this like yin-yang contrast, yeah. I see that in my parents so much. Like my mom's much more fiery and like a really, um, you know, even though she's quite sensitive, she's, she's just very outspoken, very sudden, you know. And my dad, meanwhile, like, he's firing his way of, like, he, he stands his ground. He doesn't often yell or anything like that, but the way that he works just, like, day in, day out and just does not, you know, doesn't take, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this on time or I'm not going to be able to do this. Like, he doesn't take that for an answer. Yeah. And it's that quiet determination, which I think that was a, that, like, that's a different type of fire, you know? Yeah. It's really, it's really something, so... Yeah, I think I've, I've been lucky that I've received it in different ways yeah. in my life. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Love that. And um, are you working on anything at the moment that's like, gets you off and be like, I'm determined to do this. What is this? I am. <laughs> I'm working on, well, I'm at the very beginnings of a writing project about my great uncle. Um, his name was IG. And he was a creative... Um, yeah, he was a design director at Vogue in like the 70s and 80s and did graphic design there too. And, you know, he, you know, as growing up as a Japanese American, he lived in internment camps as well. And yet many different parts of his identity as well that are, you know, worth speaking on. But 
I'm at the early stages of that piece and it just really gets me up and going every morning because it's such a powerful story to be told. And but at the same time it's like it's such a intricate process because he's you know, he passed in the nineties, so I'm having to do a lot of reaching out to extended relatives that I don't speak to very often to find out more and there was a lot of pain with his passing and with certain aspects of his life, um, even though he was a successful person. So I'm really having to, you know, engage with that at the moment and it's, and it's pushing me, but I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for it because it's pushing me in a new way. And in that, it's, I think it's requiring me to have that kind of fieriness that my dad has and that, that continued day in, day out determination in a compassionate way, yeah, yeah, or like yeah. being emotionally intelligent with people. So that's one of the things I'm working on. How did you find out that he was a creative director? Like how? So I didn't even know of his existence until like a year, maybe like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Because Alice Neal, this painter, had done a portrait of him um, back in the 80s, I think, maybe 70s or 80s. And in the MoMA, they had done an exhibition um, of all of her paintings and stuff. So one of my uncles had been like, oh, you know, Uncle IG and Alice Neal, all this stuff's going on. I was like, wait, who's Uncle IG? I've never even heard of him. And, so, and I saw this, the portrait and there's just something so striking about it. And such a fierce sense of self as well, but in this quiet, knowing way. At the same time, it just... I immediately connected with it. It was the only image I've ever seen of him. To this day, I still need to see other photos, but I just, I just wanted to know more. I'm an inherently curious person, yeah. and that's how it all kind of started rolling, and I just wanted to find out more in general, and eventually I was like, you know, I could repay this debt of gratitude to my family yeah. and to their legacy by writing something you know, in our words about his life, you know, sharing that because we don't hear that much about the lives of Japanese or Japanese American creative people during that time period, you know, like as individuals, you, there's not that much writing on it. No. So I think it's incredibly important to share. Yeah, but, incredibly important. Yeah. I, I can't wait to read this. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> but that's but, amazing. Like, yeah. and also, the thought process of where to start to unpack someone's life. Mm. Like, I'm assuming, does it, do you have like an archive of his past work? Like, or like, is it just hunting now to find? It's kind of, it's like my best dream ever because I love the research phase of things. Yeah. So I'm, I have crazy mind maps in my house at the moment. I look like, I you know, those, these detectives searching yeah. from like the criminal and they have all the little strings. Yeah. On the bullets. That's me right now. And oh I love God. it. That's like me, my best, um, my best self. But yeah, so right now I kind of started with lots of questions in terms of different pockets of his life. I've made lists of people that I'm going to interview and things and I'm going to go to one of my friends has access to some of the book archives and stuff so I'm going to be looking through that to see some of his work and eventually I guess reaching out to different relevant people he might have worked with but right now I'm starting with family because yeah. I think it's extremely important like you know next month I'm going to go see some of them and I really want them to feel that I'm you know I'm doing this because I have an innate curiosity about his life and our family's life and also just driving home the point that this is such an important story to tell because 
a lot of our our daily life has been unseen in many respects. So yeah, it's very early stages at the moment, and I'm just trying to make sure that I you know proceed with you know wisdom, compassion, courage as well. And so it's a balanced approach, and it's not me swinging and being like, I have this idea; it's going to look exactly like this. Like, I really love this kind of project because it could turn out any which way. You know, I don't know the exact form it will be. Hopefully, it would be a book, but it might be, you know, a different type of media. So, yeah, the it's it's a beautiful time because I because there's unknowns. Unknowns are what makes it so beautiful. So yeah, <laughs> so exciting! I can't wait. I'll make sure you get like an advanced coffee and everything. I'm like, wow, I need to go. Yeah, I'm invested. That is amazing. And even like just speaking to you now, like I know that your approach is that is that softness. Like I can feel that energy already, and it's like holistic approach. But like it's from that start of like compassion. And curiosity. Yes, it's never like an interrogation, or you know. I think that's how it always should be, and it should be in a way where you're not centered. It's the content that's centered, right?、Um, and I'm usually quite an outgoing, extroverted person, so my approach to these things is actually quite different from like what my personality is. I think. And also,、yeah. you have to think about like that family dynamic. Yeah, that's like a whole. Well, yeah, that's gonna be aunties. Yeah, like, auntie energy. <laughs> I imagine I have like five aunties as well. Oh my god! So it'll be fun. Yeah, <laughs> so fun. They're they're beautiful, like strong women. Yeah, that are just so so talented, so wise, so、uh, and just funny. Like I think I'm lucky. I have quite good humor in my genes. Yeah. <laughs> so. It'll be it'll be a really fun experience. I think that's the main thing is it has to be a soft experience, but it also just has to be fun because if you're doing anything, you have to enjoy the process. The end doesn't really matter. It's it's the process, and if you focus it on that in that sense, then whatever you create will reflect that energy、yeah. that you put into it. Like, yeah, yeah, which I'm sure like you probably resonate with yourself, you know,、Thursday. with your brand, but yeah. yeah. This has been the most loveliest, wholesome chat ever, and <laughs> I'm so invested. It's been the uncle, uncle, IG, IG, IG.、Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. And where and where can we find you, Isabella? So you can find me on Instagram at Kaji Fire. That's two eyes before the fire. And otherwise, I do work with ESEA Sisters, which is ESEA dot Sisters. And so as detainee support, which is I think SDS, no borders, no prisons. So yeah, amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>